0: All doing. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to Broomfield, Colorado. It's a couple cities over from Boulder. On my way to Denver tomorrow. So uh, this is where I'm at today, Broomfield. We're at Midway. This is US 287, and I'm on different places all up and down 287, all the way to the Wyoming border or near there, Fort Collins. And uh, right behind the camera here is Midway. That's what they call it. And uh, Starbucks, Walgreens couple gas stations I like gas stations because uh, uh, a lot of times I stand in front of gas stations because people get out of the car and they've got nothing to do for you know two or three four minutes or however long it takes to put some gas in their vehicle so they stand there a lot of times like over on 30th Arapaho I had dozens and dozens and dozens of people during three hours read my sign I'm right in front of the gas station so uh, But uh, the Lord wants me here because, a lot of times, because of the shade of this tree. Obviously, we don't need shade today. But uh, anyways, so uh, let's pray real quick. So Lord, I thank you that we can come to Broomfield, or we can come to anywhere you send us. Uh, People don't need to come to Broomfield. I'm here, but uh, maybe some other city needs a street preacher or a minister or a soul winner. So I thank you, Lord, that you're sending ministers and uh, people who are willing to go and to share the Gospel of Jesus Christ uh, with whomever will listen. And I thank you, Holy Spirit for giving them the power to go witness for our Savior, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Before I get started, uh, I want to bring this up, a little commercial break. Uh, This is our True Study book. Uh, We're doing a class every every day uh, from Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. in the morning to 8 a.m. Mountain Time, Boulder, Mountain Time, and uh, it's live streamed, live broadcast, and then it's recorded and uploaded to YouTube. It's actually streamed to the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm looking for other places to stream it to, but right now I'm just streaming it to the YouTube channel. And uh, so we're, uh, we just finished class 49 for today. We're going into class 50 tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, and we're doing 65 classes on this first book. Then we have book two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. It's a two year program, two year plan, two year something. I don't know what it is called. But it's a church school, what we're doing. And this is the first step towards that building of a school for church. Church school is what we call it. Not a Bible school, not a seminary. Uh, it's, it's, the Holy Ghost just called it a church school. And I've talked about that before. But. Uh, uh, this has become a very important tool it's not a Bible study it's not a teaching of the Bible it's really some instructions and a logbook it's like a instructions in the beginning uh, for new people so this is a brand new book mine got all beat up there in Trinidad got soaking wet because I take it everywhere I go so we have we have directions here all these are directions and how to do this and this starts the Journal or the, actually a log book is what I call it. So these are all instructions here. This is like a log book that we do and it's all about being in the Word of God, studying the Word of God, praying, uh, seeking the counsel of the Lord, uh, logging uh, scripture, uh, logging your hours of ministry, uh, intercession, all kinds of stuff and it uh, keeps you in the Word of God. It's really an interesting tool to look back on over the days, this is this is a blank copy, Uh, to see uh, what was going on. And a lot of times I'll look at days that the book was completely filled out and I'll check my calendar, kind of seeing what was going on that day. Why was I uh, so attentive in the Lord that day? And it's it's interesting. I look at my calendar, look what I was doing that day. And then I look at other days that might be just uh, two or three lines or just a little bit written into it and not much. Then I look at my calendar, oh, I see what was going on there. And So I kind of see where I'm going, in, going on in life, and that's sort of like a budget that you keep for your finances. If you're not budgeting your money, for say, let's for example, using that as an example, if you're not budgeting your funding, your financing, uh, you're probably losing a lot of money because you don't know where your money goes. You need to know where your money goes, for example, and uh, you need to keep a budget. Very important, very, very, very important. Well, say, and so when you have a budget for your finances. Uh, then you know where to correct certain overspenditures and you know how to, and some other places that you need to be spending for. And when you start balancing your finances out properly, according to the Word of God, everything starts working better. Same way here, uh, what this is like a budget in a sense. Uh, you budget your time, you budget your prayers, you budget everything, and you keep track of everything, and you can see where you're lacking. And you're a little overweighted on some areas, a little underweighted on others, and it provides a great tool. And that's what this is. It is a tool. It actually is a tool of evangelism. And uh, what, why I say that is because it takes you out of the Bible, puts you in the Bible first. Always seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, it puts you into the Word of God in prayer also, and then gets you out the door. It gets you out the door, ministering the Word of God and uh, it's really interesting how it's doing and it actually can convict you if you're not doing any soul winning work this book will convict you because uh, you'll stop because the conviction is so heavy on your heart and you don't want to do anything for god you just want to play with god well he's not playing he's serious about the kingdom of god and he's a creator that is very serious about his creation and so if you want to play you're probably going to be out the door and, uh, but if you don't want to play, you want to be a serious student of the Word of God and a serious student of ministry and serving the Lord full time based on your job and your commitments and all that kind of thing. I'm not talking about quitting anything. You keep working. You, wherever God has placed your hands, that's where you stay working. But all the other times, you serve the Lord. In fact, we serve the Lord 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You never not serve the Lord. And I'll let you think about that for a minute. Anyways, that's this right here. Wanted to bring that up. So, praise God. I'll put it right there in the tripod. Is it tripod? Yeah, tripod. <laughs> Hallelujah, man, praise God. Man, it's a great day. Had a great class this morning. Uh, didn't get to bed till like 11.30 or 12 o'clock last night. Got home about 10 o'clock. I thought I was gonna get home early because we ended the service maybe 15 minutes earlier, but it didn't get home early. It was a normal time. And uh, then I still had about an hour and a half worth of work, and I was up at 5 o'clock this morning, maybe five fifteen or something like that, long before my arm clock went off. And uh, I was praying, and uh, so let me tell you this too. So prayer is, uh, uh, let me talk about prayer just for a moment. So sometimes, uh, let me say this, prayer is often just talking to God not thinking about God but actually speaking to the Lord speaking to God out loud I think it's I think it's best to speak out loud and I know there are times we can speak quietly in our spirit but I think like when I'm waking up in the morning I begin talking to God long before my eyes are even open or the lights are turned on or I'm still under the covers I'm speaking to the Lord I immediately start my day uh, in prayer not getting out of bed and going to the restroom I start in prayer Uh, Always, always, always. I have been doing that for years and years and years. That's just the way I live, and so. uh, But while I, because of my age, uh, I'm 70 this year. uh, Probably another week or so. Number seven. I'm 70, and uh, that's my official date. (laughs) Been saying I'm 70 all year long because I got to get that big number in my brain here. And uh, uh, hang on a second. So I have to check the camera. It's still kind of cool. The sun is hot in Colorado, but the air temperature is cool. Uh, But the sun is extremely hot. We're well above a mile above sea level. So it gets real hot here. The sun is scorcher, even the winter time. And so what I'm talking about is prayer. So when I'm in bed, I'm actually stretching. You know, I'm stretching my legs. I'm doing exercises in bed. While it's dark, and I'm talking to God while I'm in prayer. I don't shut up. The next time I, uh, I, I'm quiet is when I turn the class on, and I begin talking there, and I pray throughout the class. And then the class is over, I keep praying. I don't ever stop praying. I don't know why people just, they think they turn prayer off and on. Uh, I don't do that, uh, but that's me. I don't know why I'm so weird and so different, but I am. Uh, it just appears to me. But uh, one of the benefits of praying continuously, or like Paul says, I pray without, pray without ceasing, is uh, when you're spirit-filled, with you're filled, baptized with the Holy Ghost, you have that power to pray all the time. Because your spirit is one that's praying, not your brain. When you're praying with your known language, your, your English, You only have so many words to pray. I mean, most people, when you pray in English, when you're known language, uh, you can probably only pray, I'm gonna stretch away out there, uh, maybe 30 minutes without stopping, maybe 20, maybe 45, some people 10 minutes, and then they run out of something to say. Then they just keep repeating the same thing over and over again to last for a whole hour. And that God doesn't like that because that's repetition, right? We don't wanna do that. So that's one of the major, major benefits of inviting Jesus Christ to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen? Because then you begin to pray without ceasing. And so when you pray with the Holy Ghost, you pray in your spirit, and then you pray with your understanding. You pray in your spirit, you pray in your understanding. That's how you do it. You just pray in your spirit, and then you pray with your understanding. And it just goes over and over and over. And somehow both of them feed each other. Your spirit feeds your brain, and your spirit feeds your brain. You're, I mean, it's just really, really wonderful. It's a great way to pray. Now that, that talk right there I just did on prayer, typically, and I don't know this for a fact, but typically people's eyes glaze over and it goes right over their head. It goes right over their head. They don't hear it, what I just said. They don't get it because it's not important to them. What is important to you is what you listen to. If prayer is not important, then you didn't hear a word I said, you saw my lips moving, but you don't know what I said. If I gave you a test right now, you probably couldn't pass it. Now, understand, hundreds and hundreds of people watch my sermons, so I'm not talking about any one person. So don't think I'm talking about somebody, because I'm not. I'm listening to myself. I'm checking my own self. I, don't, you know, I, I can't deal with other people, but I can deal with me. I can make sure I'm okay with the Lord, right? And so that's what's important to me. My relationship with Christ is the, of the utmost importance. After that, then I can talk to people. So I'm always checking myself, all right? So uh, let's get into the Word here. Let's pray first. So I'm gonna give you an example real quick, okay? I'm gonna pray with my spirit, and then I'll pray with my understanding together, right? For those who just hate it, (laughs) I love it, man. (laughs) So let me do this, all right? I thank you so much for giving me this great opportunity to pray with my spirit and pray with my understanding. The Word says I can do that. I praise you, Lord, that I have the ability, that you've showed me how to walk in the Word of God by my spirit, not by my brain. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, for this wonderful gift your spirit in Jesus name. So that's a real brief example of praying with your spirit and praying with your understanding. Now those who hate the Holy Ghost, who don't want anything to do with any of the gifts of the Holy Ghost, will say, well I'll just throw that out the window and I'll just pray what John prayed, not exact words, in English. Because I don't believe in tongues. I don't believe in the spirit language. I don't believe in uh, unknown tongue. I don't believe in the new language. I don't believe any of that stuff. Most people say that because that's what they're taught. They're taught that. But if you read the Word of God you'll see that that's not, that teaching isn't correct. Isn't correct. Alright? I'm not talking about the gifts in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Some people get that all good. That's not a gift. That's a sign that you're filled with the Spirit of God. According to Mark 16, 15 through 20. These signs shall follow them that believe. Let's read that. These signs, I'm not talking about some gift that the Holy Ghost, no, no, there is a gift from the Holy Ghost of tongues and interpretation. However, that gift is not yours. And you better leave it alone because it's the Holy Ghost's gift. And he administers that gift in ministry when the Holy Spirit sees a need. And if you need to pray with your spirit while you're ministering, then that tongue, that gift of tongues come over you and you pray a certain prayer of some sort, you don't know what you're doing, just all of a sudden you're just in control by the Holy Ghost. And, and then uh, the Spirit of God, something oftentimes, will give you the interpretation, and then that is tongue and interpretation. But what I just did now is is just me, my spirit, right? But when you, you're operating under the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, it's the Holy Ghost that's controlling you at that moment. Not you. You're not controlling the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is controlling you, for example. And a lot of people don't like that. They want to be in full control of themselves. Uh, It's really important to understand that. Uh, I ministered in a lot of churches, and that's their problem. They don't want the Spirit of God to control their church. They want to control the church. They want to control the environment. They want to control the sermons, the message. I've been rebuked from stage many times. Because they don't want... Something that can't control Well, I don't want to control anything I'm an ex-controller I used to control everything around me and it for years and years Probably been 25 or 30 years ago since I was a controller But I lived my life till probably as 40 years old as a controller So I know a lot about being a controller And I don't do that anymore I, let, I just release all that sometimes I struggle with that but most times I don't all right so uh, I'm going over to Mark 16 a lot of people don't get this so I just want to briefly highlight this I hope you see what we're doing here I had a message to deliver but the Holy Ghost is directing the ministry right now <clears throat> John's not directing this ministry this sermon is being directed by the Spirit of God not me my brain is turned off And I'm just following my spirit that's full of the Holy Ghost. Okay. So Mark 16, it says, Go ye to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Here it is, verse 17. And these signs, S-I-G-N-S, it doesn't say gifts. It says signs. Signs. Like there's a sign saying yield. There's signs all over the place. 50, 60 signs right here in this intersection. There's Highway 36, to US 287, there's signs everywhere. They're not gifts, they're signs, right? Don't get them confused. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, kind of yelling because it's so noisy out here. All right, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, whose name? Your name? No, Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord Jesus, right? Through all things, in word and deed, in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? okay these signs shall follow them that believe that's the key word if you don't believe it you won't do it you won't do it because you do not believe it if you're not saved right now the reason you're not saved is because one reason only only one because you do not believe it that's it you could have said Jesus you could have said God you could have read the Bible you could go to church and maybe you can convince some preacher to baptize you in their baptism pool. But you don't believe it. You're not saved. You can get wet every Sunday if you want. You can eat the Lord's Supper every Sunday if you want. You can do all kinds, you can study the Bible. You can go to Bible school. You can become a preacher and never believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will go to hell waiting the judgment. You'll find that your name is not in the book of life and you'll go to the second death, which is the lake of fire. Now you don't believe any of that, that's why I'm talking to you, but I'm telling you over and over and over and over and over again, and I'm not the only one, the Bible says it, and every other Christian who is bold enough to speak the word of truth tells you the same thing. You don't receive Christ, when you die, you're going to the lake of fire, the second death. But first you go to hell, where the fire is never quenched, never goes out, you're in fire because you don't die. Your body dies, it goes back to the dust of the world, dust of the earth, or whatever it's called, but your spirit lives on, and it lives in hell until that last, until God casts everything into the lake of fire. I'm serious. And if you know somebody who's not saved, they're going to hell. Your grandma, grandpa, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, if you don't go tell them who is, You think automatically because they're, that you're saved, that automatically your whole family's going to get saved? Don't think so. They have to receive Christ on their own. It's serious. You've got to come to grips with your family members before you go talking to strangers. If you can't take care of your own house, you have no business taking care of somebody else's house. That's just how it is. That's why I got to make sure all my family members, my aunts, and all, everybody knows Jesus or knows about Jesus. And I'll let them make their own decisions. Some said no, and they died in the no. They're not in heaven. I won't see them ever again. They died in their sin, they're on. The, they're in hell right now because they refuse to accept Christ. Not because I didn't tell them over and over and over and over and over and over again. I even asked them to pray with me and everything, begging them almost, that's all right, whatever and those who are in my family members, extended family, who who say I love Jesus, but are still living in drugs, and still living in alcohol, still living in the world, and you die there in the world, you may not like where you end up, sorry. Sorry, I have one family member, I'll tell it right out front. They give me the excuse, oh, well, I'm religious, I know I am spiritual, But i'm not religious i'm not religious i'm spiritual i'm i'm spiritual not religious is what they tell me and at four o'clock they get drunk every day and then through the day they smoke pot now i hope they're hearing this message i hope they're hearing this message because everybody knows about it now that i've actually said it to the world but everybody already knows about it so it's up to you if you want to stop all that and receive christ and let him fill you with his spirit and wash away all that sin and live for Christ to the day you die because you're getting pretty old you don't know when your last day is going to be you don't know it you don't know your last day you think oh I still got 20 years really today might be it the people who died today up to this point they didn't know today was their last day we had an accident over there Louisiana or someplace can't remember exactly where that 130 car car pileup that eight people died Yeah, they gave stories of some what they're doing. We were going to a college one parent was taking their daughter to the university Well, they never made it to the university. They died They left the house all excited about going to school. They died Did they know Jesus Christ? I don't know How about all the other people who died? They didn't, you know. They just got in their car like every other day, going to work, or going to school, or going to the store, or going someplace, and crash. Accident happened. Eight people died. That we, that I'm aware of, might be more. But multitudes were injured. See, you don't know. And so if you're playing Russian roulette and you're trying to roll the dice on your life, I tell you. Wake up. It says right here, And these signs shall follow them that believe. We'll drop down one more. They shall speak with new tongues. New tongues. New. Not a known language, but a new tongue that no one's ever spoken. Anyways, I'm kind of off track here a little bit. Hang on a second. This camera overheats and it shuts off. In the heat, I don't know what to do exactly, but we'll just keep on trucking here. All right, so are you saved? Did you receive Christ? Let's pray. So, Lord, I thank you that uh, you said to first bind the strong man. So, Lord, I bind that devil in that person's life, and I loose your ministry angels to do whatever they can do to spoil the goods of that house according to the Word of God. And I thank you, Lord, that the Word of God is being delivered to their heart. And they're making a decision either to save, to be saved, or not to be saved. To believe or not believe. But they're making a decision right now. And Lord, I ask that they make a decision for life. That they choose life so they can live. And then they can tell their family members. And they can also believe together a family for Christ. Wouldn't that be wonderful, Lord? So I thank you, Lord, for saving the people who are praying right now in this sermon to receive you as their Savior. In your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. <clears throat> it's windy. <laughs> All right. So, if you just prayed, welcome to the family of God. All right. Let me say this then. If you just prayed and you received Christ, and this is like, say, you're watching the recording of this, because this is a recording. I mean, I'm live right now on the street. I'm going to lift my banner in just a little bit once I'm done with this. Uh, I, uh, what I want you to do next. I want you to go to the most famous Bible verse in the world. I think that's a great place to start. Start at the most famous verse in the world. Don't start at page one of the book. Just go to the most famous verse. We all know what that is. That's John 3:16. 3.16. 3, 16. John 3:16 3, says, For God so loved the world, right, that uh, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And you kind of stay right there in that verse and really come to grips and understanding of what that's saying there. Put your own name in it. For God so loved your name. You put your name in it. For God so loved John that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that if I will believe on him, I'll, you know, kind of like that. So you want to stay in that one verse for a while till you got it. Because that's that seed that you're going to sow in your spirit. Because once you sow that seed, you want to get it deep, deep inside of you by thinking about it over and over and over. Maybe write it down and kind of spend a couple of days thinking about it, you know? Because what's happening is the devil is sending devils, Satan the devil, is sending other devils, wicked spirits, to steal that seed out of you so that you fall away. Now, do you, is that what you want to do? Well, I hope not you want to stay in the Lord so once you got that verse John 3 16 kind of really anchored in your spirit and then you want to go to the verses above it the verses below it kind of go from verse 1 to like uh, I don't know 17 18 somewhere there's a there's a kind of a section through there I forget what it is. it's on my banner yeah John 1 there it is right there John 1 uh, 3 1 through 21 it's right there on the banner John 1 through 20 so those 21 verses You want to stay right there in those 21 verses, over and over. Kind of really study that. Get a a hold of what Jesus is saying there. Probably the most one of the other great points of that verse there is that uh, if you're not born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You must be born again. Because if you're not, you won't see heaven. So that's what I'm talking about. It's not just knowing Jesus. It's being born again. Right, and Jesus talks to Nicodemus, and he's a pretty smart guy, very intelligent, and very into his brain, and Jesus talked about him being born again. And so he talks to Jesus, and there's a dialogue going on in that little section there. So you kind of want to get that inside of you, all right? And once that's done, then the third thing you want to do, is there's four things I want you to do. Then the third thing is I want you to go back to chapter one of John, verse 1 and then read all the all the chapters in the book of John slowly and deliberately in the King James Bible if you don't have a King James uh, get one (laughs) you know Uh, get a King James Bible okay and uh, stay in that book stay in the King James and then read through the book of John then the next book right after that is the book of Acts that's what we're in right now and then read through the book of Acts slowly just digesting everything and then the book right after Acts is Romans. And then go through those 16 chapters in a very methodical fashion. I mean, spend a few months doing this. So that's John, Acts, and Romans. Those three books. When you've uh, studied and digested and taken in those three books, you have a very solid foundation on getting started in sharing your testimony and ministering the Word of God to people. All right? and then just stay right there for a little while and just keep working on that. And uh, it'll, it'll be great in your ministry and you won't fall away later on, all right? So praise God for that. And uh, now other people may say something different. It doesn't really, I mean, uh, I'm doing telling you this because I've been doing this a long time. And I've just noticed that when people do it the way I described, it just seems to set them solid on the rock of Christ, right? because I've I've just heard too many problems from Christians. So, well, I read Matthew and I got lost in the begots and I didn't read the rest of the Bible. See, that's what I don't want you to do. And in fact, I think a good thing to do sometimes is go to Wikipedia, yeah, and type in John 3.16. Did you know that they use the King James Bible on John 3.16 in Wikipedia? Yeah, that's what's on the bottom of my emails, (laughs) Wikipedia. People say, "What's Wikipedia doing on a preacher's email?" Uh, on all my website, all my uh, emails, I have on the bottom there. I don't have my name or sent by an iPhone. I have Wikipedia and uh, uh, thing on the bottom. So they're kind of curious what that is. They click on that, and it says John 3:16. I love it. <laughs> and it tells you it's like it's been translated in like 400 over 400 different languages and dialects. It's The most famous you know and uh in fact uh, here several years ago a real famous quarterback football player had on his black underneath his eyes he had john 316 under his eyes and it uh, that day when he was playing forget the guy's name i'm not a football fan uh but i heard about it uh on the google search engine uh it was the most searched for term in the whole world huh, how about that the most searched for word term in the whole world and you talk about he said well everybody was laughing at him when he was put john 316 on his uh, makeup you know under the eyes you know that black that goes under their eyes because everybody the cameras would zone in on his face and i, I heard i looked heard some clips they're all talking but what is that john 36? let's go look that up but millions of millions and probably billions of people looked up John 3 16. I thought one man can affect the whole world inside of a football game. That's what I do. I do the same thing. I get on the bus. I walk to the store. I dress like this everywhere I go. I'm a great example of advertising for Christ every day, all the time, everywhere. I did it in the trucking world. I'm doing here on the street. I live for Christ all the time. I don't take Jesus off and set him in the closet and then take him out whenever I feel like it. Jesus is on me. I'm in Christ all the time. Anyways, I know that sounds kind of boastful because I'm talking loud and noisy out here, but I'm just talking this way as an example to follow. And, to, and take that to God in prayer. Don't copy me because I'm, John does it, I'm gonna do it. No, don't do that. Talk to God about it. Maybe he wants you to do something different which was like the quarterback. You know, if the quarterback wore Jesus' to saves on his jersey, he wouldn't have been able to play. But God says, I want you to write John 3.16 on your, whatever that thing's called, on the bottom of the eyes. And he did. And guess what? <laughs> the Word of God went forth into all the world. He was a, he was a walking testimony of John 3.16. God, and when God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Pretty cool, isn't it? All right. In the Sunday prayer letter, it's Acts 22. The title is, uh, He Spake in the Hebrew Tongue. We're in uh, part five, Thursday, Acts 22, 16 to 21. Hang on a second. I've got to make sure it's still recording. So, because it does shut off and I don't like it when it's shut off and I'm still talking for another 20 minutes. But it's happened many times before. All right, so let's go to 16, I think, 16 to 21. And the title of our sermon here is uh, Calling on the Name of the Lord. That's why I talked the way I talked in the beginning. You see how that worked? I had forgot about the title until just now when I read it because I was asking, kind of thinking to myself, I wonder why the Holy Ghost has me talking the way I'm talking. I was thinking that. While I was talking, telling you I was being directed by the Holy Spirit, my brain was off, but actually part of my spirit was saying, I wonder why the Holy Spirit has me talking like this? <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> if you're still here, most people click off by now. They watch seven to nine minutes of the sermon and they click, oh, he's just a talking head. He's just talking at a camera. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to create a following. I'm just doing what the Holy Ghost told me to do. He said, I used to preach without the camera. I would work out here without camera for my first year or so, year and a half. And then the Holy Spirit says, I want you to begin uh, preaching sermons on the street with your camera. Put it on YouTube. Wow, really. I had to pray for several weeks on that. because That was a hard, hard message for me to receive because I knew it was going to be a lot of work. And it is a lot of work. Doing these sermons is a lot of work. I guarantee it. It's a lot of work. Verse 16. So our title, once again, for our sermon is Calling on the Name of the Lord. Calling on the Name of the Lord. Let's see, that sun is out for a little bit. Let me take these off for a second because that sun was glaring in my face. These are prescription sunglasses. They're not just cool-looking glasses. (laughs) They're prescription. I get my prescription reading every few years, okay? So look at this. It says, Calling on the Name of the Lord. Uh, Let's stop right there just for a second. That's verse 16. Calling on the Name of the Lord. Let's jump over to Acts 2.21 real quick. Acts 2:21. 21. Acts 2, 21. Where are you? Where are you? 2, 21. Here it is. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does this say over here? Calling on the name of the Lord. What does this say over here? It says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that pretty cool? Let's go to Joel chapter 2. Oh, I forgot to mark it. Where is Joel? This this is not easy to find. Joel, Joel. Oh boy, sorry. I should have marked it. Joel, not, not there. Hang on. Joel, chapter two. Everyone's probably find it. And I'm still looking for it. It's after Jerem. There it is, right there. All right. 2:20. Uh, t- Joel, chapter two, verse 26. I'm going to read through this real quick. Uh, verse 26. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God. See, there it is, talking about the name already. The name of the Lord your God. But that is, that's is—that's title. Lord is a title, and God is a title. God is not a name, and Lord is not a name, right? So the Hebrew people already know the name of the Lord. It's Jehovah, right? Means savior, Jehovah means savior in different forms and fashions, right? You shall eat them in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dwelt wondrously with you. <laughs> and my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 27. And ye shall know that I am in the mist. Get this. Listen. I am in the mist, which is middle, middle, mist midst, middle, in the mist, middle of Israel. Think about what's going on right now today. God is saying, the Lord God Almighty says, I am in the middle of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. That's what an Israelite says. They may not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but they will say and agree that God, the Lord God is in the midst of Israel That I am the... And they will agree that the Lord God and there is none else. That's why they condemned Jesus. Because they were looking for a different kind of Messiah. Not a Messiah who would ride on the back of a donkey. They They didn't want that. They wanted a big reigning king that would take control over the world. Anyways, that's coming later on. That I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. So I was reading a news article yesterday, and the people who surround Israel, one of the top leaders of some of the countries around Israel were saying, being an Israelite is illogical. That's what people tell me. Doing what I'm doing, like yesterday, they're at Folsom and Arapahoe. I was yelled at a couple times, you're an idiot. That's what they told me, you're an idiot. You're an idiot, twice. That's what other people are saying to Israel right now even here in America. God bless you. That's what they're saying here in America. And they're saying all kinds of nasty things about God's people, but we're not. And if you are, oh boy, better watch it. Because it says here, I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 28, and that shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my Spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the, remembr- remem- and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And if you'll notice here, it says, for in the Mount, for in Mount Zion. So that's what they say. They call them Zionists. That's where the Lord Jesus is going to come back on, Mount Zion. It shall come to pass here called, The Lord shall be delivered, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. So that's a word of caution to every person who is against Israel. I am not against Israel at any way, shape, or form. Period. I've been praying for Israel since that horrible day in October 7th. I think it's October 7th so it's one month today or month in, on November 7th my birthday would be one month so uh, be alert be alert be alert be alert be alert don't walk around thinking that you've got it all under control because you don't God does God does let's go back in here this is the title remember saying calling on the name of the Lord Do you think that's what Israel is doing right now? They're calling on the name of the Lord. How many people are asking Jesus to save them? I don't know. A lot of Christians in Israel. That's what what Peter told Paul Saul when he came over and visited Jerusalem. Look at all the thousands of people who have believed on the Lord. Look at all the thousands and thousands of people who have believed. Yeah, it's still going on today. They didn't pass away just kept talking about Jesus still going on today verse 16 and now why tarries thou arise and be baptized and wash away thy wash away thy sins calling on the name of the Lord how do you wash away your sins you call on the name of the Lord when you call upon the name of the Lord he's gonna look down and look at your heart do you believe what you're saying or do you not believe what you're saying it's a hard issue verse 17 and it came to pass So when I was come again to Jerusalem, this is Paul testifying. When I came to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him, Jesus, standing into me. And Jesus said, make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. All right, so there's Jesus. Here's Paul. I'm gonna talk as I go down through here. So here's Paul in the temple. He's talking to God. God's talking to him, or whatever's going on here. And uh, uh, the Lord said, Paul's praying, and he entered into a trance, into the spirit, kind of like where John was in the spirit on the Lord's day in Acts chapter, uh, Revelation chapter one. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That's what John said, the Apostle John. And so here it is. John also been in trance, and. uh, Alright, so Paul was in a trance and the Lord said, get up quick, get out of here, now. Remember, this is in the early, early beginning stages of Paul's ministry. So, the last portion, last half of Paul's life was totally and completely different than the first part, right? But the first part was important because it prepared him for the last part, right? And so, Here's what Paul said. Instead of Paul getting up and going by the commandment of the Lord, here he says this, and I said to the Lord, they know that I'm in prison and beaten in every synagogue, them that believed on them. Uh, and when the blood of martyr Stephen was dead, I was withstanding by and contemning to death and kept Raymond and slew him. And he said, see, he's kind of like dialoguing with the Lord. And the Lord said, shut up, Paul. He says this, and he said to me, depart, get going, I said, now. Depart, and I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. You see what's going on here? That's how you know this is in the early stages because later on, that never happened. When Paul, when John said to go do this, he purposed in his heart to do different things, and he would go for it. But now he was kind of figuring out how God was speaking to him. He was kind of learning how the word of the Lord. He was kind of learning a lot of things and receiving a lot. That's why soon after this, he went into Arabia for three years, disappeared. It was being taught by the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost brought him back out, sent him to Jerusalem, and then different things happened. I don't know where Arabia fits into this story here because he's just testifying here. All right, verse 19, I see. okay, let me go down here. Verse 21, let's go to 22. And they gave him audience unto this word and then lift up their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth. Away from, away, get this guy out of here. Away with such a fellow, such a fellow. I am such a fellow. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're an Israelite, you're such of a fellow that everybody else in the world wants to do away with you. They hate God, they hate Israel, they hate anybody who stands for Jesus Christ. They want us out of here. That's what they're doing right now in real-time combat. Right now in America we're not in real-time combat but those who street preach and minister we're in spiritual combat. You better think about that if you think all life is la-di-da is all everything is just fine and I'm gonna go to church on Sunday in a couple days and I'm gonna dance around and have fun and play I better reth- I'd rethink that, a way to such a fellow from the earth. They have already said to national, world, international news that our job is to wipe out Israel totally and completely. buff the face of the earth. What do you think Hitler was trying to do? Wipe off the Jews on the face of the earth. There are super... Oh, man. You see, people are making decisions, just like yesterday in Boulder, people were making decisions for Satan, by the dozens making decisions for Satan. But at the same time, dozens of people were making decisions for Jesus Christ. It was wonderful, I had a great day, very long day. <laughs> All right, so what's your decision? Have you made that decision? Have you called on the name of the Lord? I hope so, I ain't kidding, you're still here. There's a lot of people who watch my channel we are not born again, I already know that. That's why I talk about it so much away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. Man, that is just amazing. It's not fit, that's what they're saying right now. And they're saying it in America. That's why on my channel I say, God save our country wake up the people that's why i keep putting in god we trust trying to get people to wake up put your trust in god because then you'll find out when you believe on god you'll understand god bless you man you'll believe and understand that you've got to call upon the name of the lord to be saved right but if you don't believe in god you don't believe any of that stuff you think it's all foolishness and stupidity like yesterday like i'm an idiot while i was called out loud twice you're an idiot That's what they called me, an idiot, along with all the other kind of nasty stuff I was being told all day yesterday or for three or four hours. Does that bother me? No, I want them to do that. I want them to hear the mockery that's coming out of their mouth. I want them to remember, I pray that, Lord, keep that in their mind. Let them never forget the way they spoke. Let them never, always remember that, always seeing that sign, that Jesus Christ on my banner, never forgetting that, always remembering that, always in the front forefront of their minds and their thoughts, in their memory. They can't get rid of it. No way can they get rid of the memory of Jesus Christ on that banner and hearing them mock Christ. I want them to never forget. That's part of my supplicational prayer before the Lord, my petition. Is that your petition? Or do you just think you're going to preach the gospel and everything's going to be fine? God says, in prayer and, A-N-D, and, coupled together, supplication. You better learn about supplication because you're going to need it. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that I, I am so into the Word of God. I want to preach the Word of God day and night. I want to wake people up. I want to get them out of bed, get them dressed, and get them out the door, you know. Have your breakfast while you're eating, while you're traveling. I don't care. Just get them going, Lord. You said, Lord, you said to pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers out in his field. Lord, we pray that continuously. It's part of my supplication. Lord, teach people how to write a petition, how to write a supplication, and do it properly according to the Word of God, and pray the Word of God. Not some little ditty that they learned in some book or some preacher's sermon, but they read it out of the Bible, the Holy Word of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're teaching people how to be prayer warriors and know how to pray and how to pray supplication and how to preach and how to minister, how to cast out devils, how to lay hands on the sick, how to speak a word in season and out of season, how to deliver, how to walk in the spirit of God, how to walk in truth, how to live by faith, how to be mighty warriors of God. I thank you, Lord, for doing all this. And we give you all the glory, Father, for what you're doing in people's lives, even now. In your holy name, Jesus, I humbly pray. Amen and amen. All right, man. Uh, Tomorrow's Friday. I'm going to be in Denver. So I'll see you either on the class in the morning or I'll see you in Denver. God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.